Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Hey man, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Luke. Luke chapter 17, verse 3 says this. So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, sorry, I repent. You can think about forgiving them. You must forgive them. Verse 5, the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. And I thank you for this opportunity to share, Father. I thank you that your word is anointed. And it has the capacity to bring life into those areas in our life that are that are dead where there's no hope, Lord God. Do that today, I pray. Forgive me of my sins. Let there be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this word. Let there be a spirit of wisdom and revelation as I share and as we hear the word. Let your gifts be in operation. Let there be nothing that distracts us from hearing your word, I pray. And I thank you for what you're going to do today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to begin a new series today entitled, You Ask For It. Uh, at Easter, we ask people to tell us what they'd like to hear uh, a message on. And we got a fair bit of feedback in relation to that. Uh, one of the questions was, uh, how do I forgive someone that has hurt me? I haven't made a final decision as to what I'm going to share on the next uh, two or three weeks. Obviously, we've got a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, I, I think next week I'm going to share on um, how to deal with life's hurts and the week after potentially uh, how, to, how to find the will of God, how to know the will of God. Uh, that's what might be happening over the next two weeks, okay? Uh, so, but this week, uh, one of the questions is, was, you know, how do I forgive someone that has hurt me? If there's something all of us long for in life, it's to be connected with someone else. It's relationship. Uh, there's not a single person in the world who's not longed to connect with, some, uh, with another human being at a deep level. Edward McManus says this, what's interesting is the thing that we want the most, we fear the most, and the thing that we want the most, we seem least capable of creating. All of us have wondered at some point in life why it just seems to be so hard to make friends, to, to, to keep relationships. It's why so many people settle for, for the Facebook friends or social media friends or Instagram friends because they're a lot easier to deal with. Come on, can I hear an amen? They're just so easy to, well, sort of easier. Uh, generally, they're easier uh, to deal with. It's just so hard to develop real human friendships. I believe that one of the essential ingredients of building relationships, keeping those friendships and relationships is forgiveness. That without it, we will never be able to connect with another human being at the deepest level. One of the essential ingredients to making friends, keeping friends, going to a deeper level in friendships is forgiveness. Paul said to the Ephesians, he said, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ, God has forgiven you. And so the big question is, well, how do we forgive? 
Whenever we talk about relationships, we need to talk about wounds and hurts. And one of the things that we need to understand is that not, not all wounds are the same. It's easy to forgive the small stuff. Um, the thing someone said to you at work, someone you don't even know that well, and they've said something to you, that's easy to kind of brush away. The person that stole your car park, you know what I mean? It's kind of easy to forgive them after a couple of beeps. Um, the person that forgot it was your birthday or Mother's Day last week, well, that's a bit awkward. But, you know, you can eventually forgive one of those things or some of those things. And I'm not so much interested in those hurts or those wounds. I'm interested in the deeper wounds. How do you forgive someone that has wounded you deeply, betrayed you, hurt you, abused you, took advantage of you, lied to you? How do you forgive someone at that level? Is it even possible? Well, the interesting thing is that the Bible tells us to do just that. Jesus taught in, his, in the Lord's Prayer, he taught us how we should pray. Out of all the Lord's Prayer, the only aspect that is conditional is the aspect of forgiveness. It says, and forgive us our debts, Lord, as we also have forgiven our debtors. In Forgive me, Lord, just the way I forgive others. Gee, that's an interesting kind of prayer to pray. Paul said to the Colossians, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Again, bearing with one another is, is, is um, putting up with some things that may not necessarily change. Not significant things, I'm saying, just maybe less significant things. But it's bear with one another. How many people know that's not easy to do? You know what I mean? everyone was like us in the world, wouldn't be life be a lot easier? Come on, come on. Especially if everyone was like me. Anyway, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive just as the Lord has forgiven you. And the big question is, how do you do that? How do you do that really? Is it even possible? So as I was reflecting on this topic, the title that came to my mind was The Mystery of Forgiveness. The Mystery of Forgiveness. Because ultimately, in my view, forgiveness is an act of grace. How do you really forgive someone that has hurt you deeply? I tell you how. This is the message in a, in a sentence. It's by the grace of God. It's not something that we can do. It's by the grace of God. And so what I want to do today is just give you just a few thoughts um, that came to my mind on the topic of forgiveness. And I just pray that the Holy Spirit will... Uh, will speak to us today about forgiving someone. And even as I'm already speaking, there are some of you who are thinking about someone that you need to forgive and you're struggling to do it. Uh, some names have popped up in your mind just as I've already begun to speak and you're kind of going to me, Pastor Joe, I get, I get what I need to do, but I, I'm just not sure I can do it in this situation here. Where my prayer is that by the Holy Spirit, He would speak to us that something would shift in the area of forgiveness that God would give us grace to be able to forgive those that have hurt us. So the first thought that came to my mind as I, as I consider this, this topic is forgiveness is not natural. Forgiveness is not natural. When someone hurts us, the natural response, the thoughts that come to mind, the emotions that we experience when we're hurt by someone deeply are not love and grace and forgiveness. We don't, that's not the, you know, the knee-jerk reaction. The natural response is anger, rage, bitterness, resentment. Come on, can I hear an amen somewhere? We start thinking and using words Christians shouldn't use. You know what I'm saying? And the deeper the hurt, the more intense the emotions. 
It's amazing how creative we can get when someone hurts us. We start imagining all kinds of things, all kinds of ways to get even. I know we don't do that as Christians, especially those that attend Life Christian Centre. You guys are holy. So we're talking about the others, right? You know, when, 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 when it's amazing how creative we can get when, when, when we start to think about how to get even with someone that's hurt us. We want something bad to happen to them. <laughs> we want to destroy God is speaking to someone. I just sense it. We want to destroy, we want to destroy their car. We want them to get sick. We hope blocks of concrete will fall. Next to them, not next to them, we don't want, we're Christians. And why, why, why do we think like that? I, why, why do we think like that? We think like that because forgiveness is not natural. It's not a natural response. Rage and bitterness and revenge is the natural response to hurts and wounds. And we know the Bible says vengeance is mine, says the Lord, but there are, there are times where we just kind of want to help him just a little bit. In Bible times, a Roman soldier could force anyone to carry their pack for a mile. Um, and if you were asked, you had to do it. You know, if, if a Roman soldier had packs and, and if they came along, they said, you, can you carry this for a mile? Well, they didn't ask. They said, carry this for a mile. You were supposed to do it. Can you imagine that person carrying the pack for them? I mean, if it was me, I, I'd, I'd be imagining all kinds of things. I, I don't know. Just the thought of that, just, I could feel the emotions just start to rise up inside of me. I, I, can you imagine the anger, the rage? You know, and the Roman soldier wouldn't have done it. You know, could you please, no, stop what you're doing and carry this pack for a mile. And, you know, they had to do it. Begrudgingly, they would, they would, they would have to do it. Jesus comes along and he says, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not natural and it's not normal. The, th the initial thought is not, you know, oh, sure, let me, go, let me go two miles for you. That's not the initial thought. The initial thought is, I hope this, fa this pack falls um, near you somewhere, you know, <laughs> on you. Um, forgiveness is not something that is easy to do. Anger feels good to us. Someone said, resentment and revenge tastes delicious. Second thing that we need to understand is that forgiveness is non-negotiable. There's a lot of secular research that points to the benefits of forgiveness. In fact, there's a whole new therapy kind of coming into even the, the, into psychology about forgiveness based on scripture, which is amazing. People that forgive have lower blood pressure, sleep better, better mental health, lower heart disease, lower cholesterol, and the list goes on and on. In one study, one group was asked to think of someone that hurt them. Another group was asked to think of someone that they'd forgiven. And then they were asked to jump to see how high they could jump. <laughs> Who comes up with these studies is what I want to know. The forgiving group jumped seven centimetres higher, which is really amazing. So if you're not jumping as high as you would like, maybe there's a bit of unforgiveness in there. Think about it. Um, there's a whole lot of benefits to forgiveness in the natural. So too, from a biblical perspective. The writer to the Hebrews says this, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. The writer is saying, be careful that a, a root of bitterness doesn't start to grow inside of you because it will poison your spirit. It will not only hurt you, but hurt all of those around you. Um, when, when, when we start to entertain unforgiveness, when we, when we start to entertain resentment and bitterness, it has the capacity more than anything else, it poisons our own spirits. 
and causes us to hurt not only ourselves, but those closest to us. You've heard the saying that says resentment is like taking poison and hoping that the other person is going to die. Bible also tells us that when we don't forgive, we actually give room to the enemy. Paul says to the Corinthians, anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there's anything do forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. One of the ways that the enemy comes against us or one of the traps that he uses is offence. He tries to get us to fight one another, to come against one another. And when we choose unforgiveness, it's like we leave a door open for the enemy to have access to our hearts. What we're talking about is quite serious and, 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 and has, can have a, 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 a serious impact on our lives. Jesus' words are even stronger when it comes to forgiveness. Didn't, Jesus didn't just say, well, see how you go. You know what I'm saying? You know, if you, if you feel like you need to forgive or you can, then do it. But hey, if it's, a, if it's a little bit too hard, then don't really worry about it. That's not Jesus at all. Jesus' words are even stronger. He says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now, in case you're misunderstanding or haven't, haven't read the opposite of that, Jesus makes it really clear in the next verse. He says, but if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. We need to understand what's at stake here. And what's at stake is quite serious. There's not a lot of room for negotiation in the area of forgiveness. It's something that is non-negotiable, something that we need to do. If you want your sins forgiven, Jesus says, your mistakes forgiven, Jesus says, well, then you need to extend forgiveness to others as well. So let's recap. Forgiveness is not natural. It's really hard to do. Forgiveness is not something that comes naturally to us. It's something which is extremely difficult to do and the, and the deeper the wound or the greater the wound, then, then the more difficult it becomes for, actu- for us to actually forgive. And secondly, it's non-negotiable. There are serious consequences to our lives if we don't forgive. There are serious consequences physically, and, but more than physical, it becomes spiritual. And, 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 you know, one of the things that happens when we don't forgive the other is that we can become a slave to them in our minds. We become bound to that particular person or that particular situation because of unforgiveness. We think about them all the time. We think about the wound and they, they, they kind of take a hold of our hearts. We become a prisoner to the wound. So how do we forgive? How do we forgive? It's going to sound like a bit of a cliche, but the third principle is we need to come to Christ. We need to come to Jesus. In the text that we read, Jesus' words were, so watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. And even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. And then the apostle said to the Lord, Increase our faith. Now, I love that scripture because we often think about that scripture, Lord, increase our faith. We think about it in relation to doing miracles and doing big things and, and you know, uh, great exploits for God. Actually, the context of this particular scripture is forgiveness. Jesus is saying to them, hey, listen, if someone hurts you once or seven times, then you need to forgive them. And if they do that in a day, then, then you've you got to forgive. And the disciples are listening to that and they're going, Lord, increase our faith because I don't think I can actually do that in the natural. I don't know exactly how I can do that. See, the only way that we can truly forgive someone that has hurt us is by the grace of God. 
It's the grace of God. Grace is the ability to do things that we could never do in the natural. It's the grace of God. It's God's grace that helps us. God gives us the ability to be able to forgive someone that we could not forgive in the natural. And how do we get that grace? Well, we come to Jesus. We come to Jesus. We say, Lord, I know I need to forgive, but I can't. Will you help me? It's kind of where it begins. It, it, it kind of, now, I know some Christians are scared to kind of be honest with God, but the greatest thing that we can do is be honest with God. We come to Jesus and we say, Lord, I know that I need to forgive. I know it's the right thing to forgive, but I'm just struggling to do it. Lord God, would you help me? I said forgiveness is a mystery because so many things in our walk with God are a mystery. In fact, the more, the more I walk with God, the more I understand that, it, that it's really by the grace of God, ultimately, that we can do anything, you know, and be anything. The Bible speaks about the mystery of the church. It's, it's, it's a mystery, the church. It doesn't make sense in the natural. The church comes together and it's powerful. This building is empty on a Sunday, uh, during the week, sorry. It's empty and it's cold, and it's, especially in the winter. But then on a Sunday morning, you guys start coming in and you start walking in here and some guys on the stage start to play some music and, and suddenly the, the, the atmosphere begins to change here. It's the mystery of the church. There's something very powerful about this. Now, I know you can bring people together for other reasons, but, but you can't replicate what happens in the church. It's something extremely powerful. The mystery of the church. There's a, there's a protection that comes from being connected to the church of Jesus Christ. There's just something very powerful about being connected to the house of God and to be implanted in the house. It's the mystery of the church. That's why the Bible says that those who, those who are planted in the house shall flourish. My encouragement to you, there might be some visitors here today. Don't, don't, it doesn't say those who are visiting the church shall, be, shall fly. It's those who are planted. My encouragement, be planted in the house of God. Because there's a protection that comes in your heart and in your life. The church is not perfect. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of challenges with the church. But you know, somehow God has chosen to move through this thing he calls the body of Christ. And then there's the mystery of salvation. Just think about how a person gets saved. We could try and explain it in the natural, but it will sound crazy because it makes no sense. A person comes to church for the very first time and, and they look at what's happening and they say, oh no, these guys do karaoke. I mean, from someone who's seeing church for the very first time, seeing the words, I think they think, oh, the band sounds great. They hear a talk. They you know, think, oh, just that's an interesting talk. It's, it's, it sounds good. And in the natural, there's no reason why any of that should have a profound, a profound effect on someone's life, but it does. As happens so often as they sit and kind of be part of a service, there's everything that's happening in the natural, but there's a sense that something more is going on. There's a sense of the presence of God. And this is profound. And as they hear the message, God, God begins to speak by the Holy Spirit. And at the end of the message, we might ask, you know, someone wants to give their life to Christ and they might pray a simple prayer that goes something like this. Jesus, I just want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Or, or they might pray a simple prayer that goes something like, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on, uh, on the cross for my sins. I want to just serve you all the days of my life. They might pray a derivative of that prayer. It's not the words, it's whether it's coming from someone's heart. And if a person prays that prayer from their heart, they are deeply transformed. It's not just a small change. It's not just a change of religion. Oh, I used to be, you know, in that religion, but now I'm going to be in this religion. It's not just that. Um, 
The Bible says that when we're born again, there's a, there's a metamorphosis that takes place. It's the mystery of salvation. You know, if you try and explain it, it's going to be really hard to actually explain how, how something so simple can have such a profound effect in someone's life. And yet it's real. It's real. It's real that when we open up our hearts to Jesus, when we just pray a simple prayer like, Lord Jesus, I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. And we mean it from our heart. Something happens inside of us, deep in our soul, deep in our spirit, that changes us deeply. So much so that if a Roman soldier was to come up to us and say, you know, carry this pack for me. Well, our reaction used to be, carry it, a pack for you. You've got to be joking. Carry it yourself was our reaction before. But now we say, not only am I going to carry it for you for a mile, I'm actually going to carry this thing for two and three and four miles for you. What brings about that kind of a change? It's the mystery of salvation. It's the transformation that comes through salvation. I'm not speaking about salvation here today, although that message may apply to someone. Um, The mystery of forgiveness is the same. We need to come to Jesus and say, Lord, I, 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 I don't know how to do this, Lord God. Would you please help me? And then he gives us the grace. To love the unlovable, which kind of brings us to the fourth thought, and that is we need to choose to forgive. Kind of linked to the the third one, but we come to Jesus and we choose to forgive. We come to Jesus and say, Lord, please help me because I don't want to. What I want is revenge and justice. Will Will you please help me to forgive this person? And that decision gives room for the grace of God to be released in our lives. That gives permission for the Holy Spirit to begin a work in our lives. When we say, Lord, Lord, I I choose to forgive. When we say, Lord, I need help to forgive here because I'm struggling with this situation here. When we do that, what what that does, it, it gives permission for the Holy Spirit to begin to do a work in our lives. It's a story that's impacted my life this week. I was talking to Alan Meyer. We were talking about a few different things and this story came up and I just... It just spoke to me again so clearly. It's the story of the man who lived in the Gerasenes. This, this guy was, you know, full of demons, just, just oppressed and by the enemy, um, by demonic spirits. Jesus lands on the shore where this man is. And what does the man do? The Bible tells us he comes and he falls at the feet of Jesus. You know, it doesn't matter what's happening in our lives, in our bodies, mind, emotions, spirit. We can all choose to come to Jesus. The devil can never make us do anything. He can never never violate our will. The enemy can never make us do anything. He can never violate our will. God can never make us do anything. He will never violate our will either. No matter what's happening in our hearts and lives, we can choose to fall at Jesus. Here's this man. I mean, I mean, this guy is oppressed uh, by demonic spirits. In a, in a, but that, none of that stops him from making a decision to come and fall at Jesus' feet. I can't handle what I'm going through. I don't know how to deal with what's happening inside of my life. But the decision that we can make is we can come at Jesus' feet. 
So many people take a victim mentality that says, well, you know, the reason why I'm in this place is because, you know, of this person or that person or the other person. And so often they're looking for someone to kind of rescue them and stroke them. And so you poor thing and so on and so on. The victim always looks like he wants to blame a persecutor, look for someone to rescue them. And if we, if we fall into that trap, you've heard me say this before, if you fall into that trap, it would just spiral in, down further and further and further into despair and brokenness. Whereas the greatest thing that we can do the way out of that is take responsibility for your life. Make a decision. God has given us something called the will and the will enables us to make decisions. And here is this man. He's as broken as they come. He's as wounded as they come. He has everything going against him, but he still has the ability to come and fall at Jesus' feet. And it's at Jesus' feet that he finds healing. No matter what's happening in our hearts and lives, we can all choose to fall at Jesus' feet. We can all say, Lord, I need to forgive, but I I just don't have the ability or the capacity to do that. And as we do, something, something, something begins. The Holy Spirit begins to give us the grace to forgive. One of the prayers I pray when it comes to forgiveness, it's a simple prayer, but it's where it begins. Irrespective of what I'm thinking, irrespective of what I'm feeling, I come to Jesus and I pray a simple prayer. Lord, I choose. Forgiveness is a choice. It's not something you do um, uh, because you feel like doing it or because your thoughts are, are telling you it's something you should do. Forgiveness is a choice. I choose. Lord, I choose to forgive by the grace of God, because I know that I can't do this in the natural. Lord, I choose to forgive by the grace of God, so-and-so for whatever it is that they've done. And when you do that, God begins to minister to us. God gives us the ability to forgive. God said in Ezekiel, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. And I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. You notice how God takes the responsibility to give us a heart that follows after him. All we need to do is invite him and allow him to begin to work in our lives. You can't change what's happened in the past. You can't change what's been done. We can't change what's been done to us or by us. What we can choose is what we do next. And we can choose to forgive by the grace of God. Before I finish, let me just give you some quick thoughts about forgiveness. Forgiveness is a process. It takes time. So many people think, well, you know, I prayed that prayer and I just said, Lord, forgive me. And then it should be gone, but it's not gone. I still have some of those feelings. Forgiveness is a process. It's not, it can happen once, it can happen, you can get the suddenly, but, but usually it's, it's a process that takes time. And every time we begin to feel those hurts and those wounds and that anger begins to rise up again, we pray the prayer again, Lord, I choose by the grace of God to forgive so-and-so for whatever it is that they've done. And as, as every time we pray that prayer, that, that, that wound begins to break in the name of Jesus. Remember, forgiveness is not condoning the behavior. Some people are afraid. You know, Pastor Joe, if if I forgive them, then they're going to get away with what they did. No, it's not. It's putting them in God's hands. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Leave them to me 
Our responsibility is by the grace of God to forgive. Forgiveness is not forgetting either. Some people think, well, if I, if, if I truly forgive, that means I'm going to forget what's happened. It's, it's not, not the case at all. And forgiveness can include reconciliation, but in some cases it's impossible. How do you forgive someone that's passed away? And sometimes it's not advisable. Forgiveness doesn't mean also that we tolerate abusive behavior. If, you, if you're in that situation, you just need to leave. Pastor Joe, we're commanded to forgive. We're not, we're not, God does not want us to tolerate abusive behavior. That's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is making a decision to, to ensure that that other person no longer pays for what they've done. It's letting them off the hook. And in so doing... Not only do we free that person, but ultimately we free ourselves to be everything that God has called us to be. Paul again says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God has forgiven you. When you experience the forgiveness of God, you cannot but extend forgiveness to others. When you've experienced the touch of grace, you're able to show grace. And, you know, for me, forgiveness is a declaration of the power of love over the destruct destructiveness of hatred and sin. It, it, it's, the, it's a declaration of the power of love. We're going to say, you know what? Love is more powerful than sin. And by God's grace, we're going to forgive. Question, how do you know that I've forgiven? You never forget what's happened, but the memory no longer leads to the, wound, the wounded emotions that we have. No longer has the same reaction inside of you. Instead, you're free to pray and to bless those that have hurt you or wounded you. There's a story about Corrie ten Boom. who was put in a concentration camp during World War II for helping Jews. In the concentration camp, she saw and experienced some terrible things. She watched her own sister die she survived. When she was released, she began speaking in churches about the love of God and forgiveness. She spoke all over the world about the grace of God and the mercy of God, wrote amazing books, and then she had the opportunity to go back to Germany. While she was in Germany, she preached about the grace of God. And here's what she said. I was at a church service in Munich that I saw him, a former SSS man who had stood guard at the shower room door in the processing centre at the concentration camp. He was the first of our actual jailers that I'd seen since that time and suddenly it was all there. The room full of mocking men, the heaps of clothing, her sister's pain. He came up to me as the church was emptying, beaming and bowing. How grateful I am for your message, Fraulein, he said, to think that as you say, he has washed my sins away. His hand was thrust out to shake mine and I who had preached so often to the people the need to forgive kept my hand at my side. Even as the angry, vengeful thoughts boiled through me, I saw the sin of them. Jesus Christ had died for this man. Was I going to ask for more? Lord Jesus, I prayed, forgive me and help me to forgive him. I tried to smile. I struggled to raise my hand. I could not. I felt nothing, not the slightest spark of warmth or charity. And so I, again, I breathed the silent prayer 
Jesus, I prayed, I cannot forgive him. Give me your forgiveness. And as I took his hand, the most incredible thing happened. From my shoulder, along my arm, and through my hand, a current seemed to pass from me to him. While into my heart sprang a love for, his, for this stranger and that almost overwhelmed me. And so I discovered that it is not our forgiveness any more than on our goodness that the, that the world's healing hinges, but on his. When he tells us to love our enemies, he gives along with the command, the love itself. Some people think I could never do that. The, the reality is we can't. The reality is we, we can't do that because forgiveness is not natural. Only God can give us the grace to do that. And so I wonder today, is there someone that you need to forgive? Is there someone in your heart and in your life that you need to forgive? Would you stand with me? And so, Father, I just thank you for your word. And I thank you for your grace. Thank you that it's you that gives us the ability to do things we could never do on our own. I just pray for those in the congregation today that are, that are, are trapped in a prison of unforgiveness, Lord God, or wounds and hurts. I just pray that by the Holy Spirit that there would be grace to forgive, Lord God, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Father, our eyes are on you, Lord God. I don't know what to do, Lord God, but our eyes are on you. Be glorified, Lord God, I pray. And I pray that you would minister healing in the name of Jesus, by your grace and for your glory, Lord God. This is our prayer and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.